welcome to Moments with Marianne. I am so delighted we're here today. We have a very special guest coming right up. Our guest today is Shaman John, otherwise known as Spiritual Advisor and Shaman to the Stars. Now, Shaman John is a full-time shaman, advisor, speaker, and author of the book, Dreaming Your World Into Being, The Shaman's Secret to Having the Life You Deserve Now. He also has a couple CDs, one's titled Practical Meditations for the Modern Lifestyle, which is amazing, and Shamanic Journeys to Empower Your Life. Shaman John regularly conducts both individual, private, and couple shamanic healing sessions, both in his office in Monterey and at the Post Ranch Inn in Big Sur, California. Shaman John's been featured as an expert on television series such as Chelsea Does and The Low Files with Rob Lowe and his sons. So today, Shaman John's here to talk about mastering your path. So let's welcome to the show, Shaman John. Thank you for having me. It is such a pleasure to have you here, my goodness. I mean, I had such a dramatic experience in our time together. I couldn't wait to share you with everybody. <laughs> Thank you so much. I always appreciate an opportunity to to share this, this beautiful and powerful work, you know. Mm-hmm. Well, let's start with that, you know, because a lot of people are like, well, what... How do people get started as a shaman, and how did you even follow that path? Yeah, it's interesting. I, um, I, I think that there are people still probably since the beginning of humanity that are born with the calling, essentially the one person in the village that, that really wants to devote their, their life to, to service and, and helping improve the quality of life of, of, you know, of everyone else, for example. And, you know, in this particular case, maybe has some gifts, has ability to see things, has high, you know, is hypersensitive, can can feel things, you know, really empathetic, and and um, <clears throat> ability to dialogue with nature in both physical and non-physical form. And you know, even though we don't recognize that person, you know, in our modern cultures, um, doesn't mean they've stopped being born. You know, so I, I still think in all cultures around the world, you know, there's still these these people, and mm-hmm. and there's a lot of different, you know, sort of ways that can be expressed. You know, artists and doctors and 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 actors and writers and healers of all kinds. And um, <clears throat> so I had those gifts, and so I was really, I just, you know. I didn't have any context for it though. I didn't, I didn't, I was raised in sort of suburb, suburban family and um, you know, but so as a child, I had a lot of these interesting experiences like, like out of my body and, and knowing things I shouldn't know. And I even had a few near death experiences early on that helped me to, you know, experientially know what the non-physical worlds are like. We call it mapping the territory and there's sort of easy ways and hard, hard ways to do everything. And that's <clears throat> the easy way would be in a, in a kind of a primary culture that still, still recognizes shamanism and they would do ritual and ceremony and so on. And the hard way was, you know, accidents. <laughs> and, um, <clears throat> but it did give me some, some good experience that later as I began to study my late teens, um, all the sort of healing modalities and spiritual traditions and religions and shamanism, I could really piece it together and make sense out of it. And then um, was able to, to sort of start meeting teachers and, and learning. Was there a point where you, um, cause I know I've heard this from other people who, you know, as you're growing spiritually, you get to a point where you're working with one spiritual teacher or another and you kind of plateau with them. Yeah, I <clears throat> I thought it was great because, you know, there are a lot of specialties in terms of, of all, you know, sort of healing and psycho-spiritual work. And, um, and you know, I was fortunate to, to, to get involved deeply in many of them. <clears throat> and there were... Yeah, there were moments where I felt like there was more, you know, mm-hmm. that, that could be could be discovered or addressed. And uh 
and I, you know, sort of, I think, you know, set, set that intention. And as, as always, the universe kind of delivers. And I remember ask, you know, sort of, uh, wanting to, um, you know, to, to continue to, to get new information, actually to kind of figure out who I was at this point in my journey, in my uh, early, I think, 30s by then. I was working as an engineer, actually, you know, for a living, and I recognized that wasn't my passion, you know, and I had already studied all the, the books that say to find your, your passion and your purpose and so on, and I went to one of my powerful healers, and I asked him, you know, what is it that I'm really here to do? You know, I mean, on the side, I had all this sort of knowledge and experience in these healing modalities. So I could, I could help people kind of informally, you know, who came into my cubicle or whatever um, at work. But I, uh, I really wanted to, to know what I was, you know, what kind of work I really would, would be excited about. And I didn't think I could be a shaman. I, I didn't really put that together because, I wasn't in, you know, sort of from a primary culture. I didn't think you could, you could, you know, be a sort of modern person and, and do that at that point. And I asked him and he went off into his altered state and he came back and he said, well, my guides are telling me that they're giving me the words mediator of souls between the worlds. And I had no idea what that meant and neither did he. So I didn't really know what to do, but he said, don't worry, you'll figure it out one of these days, you know. And about three years later, having read a, a book by this Dr. Alberto Vialdo about shaman, called Shaman Healer Sage, which I loved and I thought was very comprehensive. It covered so much of, what, of everything else that I had already studied that I went to his workshop and I sat down and Alberto sat down. And the first thing he said was, a shaman is just a mediator of souls between the worlds. And so that was my answer, right? It was like, oh. you're a shaman. And I was mm -hmm. like, oh okay you know that was a little scary a lot scary but i he has a tremendous a really good um training program that i that i dove into and uh and then it was just from you know from the first session on and the results that were happening and 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 what i was able to do that i didn't know before in terms of these gifts you know it it, it sort of mm -hmm. took off from there yeah you definitely are very gifted i mean i could tell from the time that we spent together, and it was um, a pretty profound time personally. And you've been working with, you know, people all across the spectrum. You've been working with entrepreneurs and movie stars and you name it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's, it, it's interesting. I, um, I personally am a very, uh, I don't know how you would say it, but but uh, but sort of passive in, in terms of like I don't have a real agenda or sort of like a uh, you know um, <laughs> set of goals or whatever. But I I just wanted to be able to use my gifts. I mean I really loved doing it and I really I really wanted to be of service and I really wanted to have the biggest impact I could have. I think mm -hmm. since my first sort of near death experience at age four, I got a really sort of clear view of like the whole picture of everything going on in the world and, and the universe. And I could see and feel already that things weren't right. You know, that the, that the world was, was upside down, which these Caro teachers of mine and this lineage that Alberto brought to us was called the Pachacuti, the world turned over where the feminine had largely, you know, been suppressed and, and the masculine was sort of in charge and running things. And it was a mess and, and it was pretty obvious. And I was very upset, and I told my mom, even at that age, um, look, I, I can't believe it's still like this, and it's, I, I just, I think I want to go back. You know, I, <laughs> I said, I can't, you know, really, you know, I can't believe it. And, and <clears throat> but, you know, obviously I continued on. But the point being that, um, you know, uh, I kind of lost my train of thought here, but I think Basically, you know, I was driven at that point to to fulfill a vision of the world where things were right side up again. The feminine was in charge, which I think is really the solution to every big problem on the planet, from climate change to poverty to environmental issues to disease to uh, 
you know, obviously the way women are treated and, and, um, and so I, that's what has driven me ever since then. And I, and I've just, it's my one prayer to say, look, I just make me the, 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 you know, the greatest service I can be in this way. And, um, and that has, I think, you know, you know, synchronistically brought me to places where the kind of people that come to me as clients are potentially, you know, impactful, you know, at the, at the, the highest levels of, you know, business and government and healing uh, around the planet. And so that's been a really wonderful, wonderful thing. Well, you might not mention it, but I'm going to, I'm going to brag on you. So our listeners, if um, I know many of them watch the low files and you've been on the low files a few times with Rob Lowe. <laughs> yeah, that was kind of a funny, a funny synchronist, you know, all these little like things that I've ever mentioned in my life, like gotta be really nice to work in a village in a, in a little hut and a place like Esalen. And, you know, a year later I get asked to come work at the post ranch in at Big Sur, right. <laughs> Which is sitting and in a year. Literally, you know, so the universe delivers, right. Yeah. Um, and that's, you know, like the, like the mediator of soul things. And, and so, you know, I probably a few years ago was like, God, you know, I love these, uh, ghost adventure type shows and it'd be really fun to have you know like do that like i'd love to be in one of those and mm-hmm. i kind of forgot about it and all that and like it's usually the, the best way to manifest things and um <laughs> you know shortly thereafter i think i ended up you know getting you know rob and, and and his family as sort of you know clients and and we you know sort of became pretty good friends we hang out a lot and and uh yeah at some point he i guess decided to do this show with his boys and you know his wife Cheryl was like you should have John in the show Rob <laughs> so he goes okay and so uh so sure enough there I was you know ending up uh being exactly on on one of those kind of shows and it was a lot of fun it was really a lot of fun well and it, you know it must have been great also because you you're sharing with people a bit of shamanism that maybe they're not otherwise exposed to yeah, I think so. You know, it, it, um, you know, there's a lot that obviously when they edit, edit the shows, there's probably another hour's worth of stuff that could have gone on that one first episode. But certainly, uh, I think, yeah, any, I, I, I always sort of attribute where I end up to the shamanic lineage, basically my team, you know, I've been initiated by these Caro Indians and other, other sort of long, lived, you know, unbroken shamanic lineages. And I, I really feel, and they're very engaging and they really show up, they show up in people's dreams and they show up when I can't show up and do work on them anyway. Um, I used to dream of, you know, them working, teaching me. And so they're, they're very, uh, you know, and interesting in terms of the non-physical, um, you know, or spiritual engagement, they really show up. And, and, um, and so I, I feel a lot of times like they're sort of putting me, you know, here and put me there. And, you know, I just kind of go mm-hmm. where they put me to, to be of service, right? So I think that's one of them. You know, it's any way that um, that, that can uh, help. It's good. Yeah, kind of move people forward. Because I think a lot of times when people think of, you know, a shaman, they're not quite sure what that exactly means and for you as a anglo shaman it i'm sure it's a little bit different yeah it's been actually interestingly enough been really a challenging part of it you know Mm -hmm. um facing this sort of i mean it first started with myself like how could i be a shaman right but then i've learned that that has nothing to do with it that there's been shamans in every culture on the planet um And, um, but yeah, a big part, I think of my, of being the looking the way I look, I guess you might say, or having my genetics and background and and upbringing is being a bit of a bridge, you know, between those two worlds where, Hey, these are really valuable, practical, pragmatic, um, processes and approaches to, to healing and empowering, um, and transforming <clears throat> that uh, 
that you know should still be available to all you know to everyone even the modern cultures um mm-hmm. and and so sort of reclaiming that i think and being able to have someone like myself that i think can do a pretty good job of explaining it right in a way that doesn't lose people completely like you know sort of re-educating people what is what is shamanism actually and what isn't it <laughs> and yeah. how can we use it <laughs> like that i believe is a big part of it and i'm i'm happy that I can play that role. Well, and with your level of giftedness, it's easy to see that this is a life passion of yours because, I mean, this is, this is, this is what you're doing. This is your 24-7. You are, you yeah. are a shaman 24-7. It's not like, you know, you're doing this on the weekends kind of deal. And even, right. even so, I mean, you're, you're, even if that was the case, I mean, your level of giftedness, it kind of just doesn't matter because you, you show up you have your process that you go through, which I found to be very interesting because I've never worked with a shaman before. And to have that process, I thought was pretty, you know, pretty cool how you go through a little bit. So why don't you tell about the four different areas that you, you know, as a shaman that you look through when you're starting yeah. to work with people? Sure. Um, yeah. So I think what distinguishes shamanism um, first of all, it, it's sort of a broad envelope. It's sort of a, it's sort of a non-institutionalized, mm-hmm. non-hierarchical, right, very primal, um, form, you know, way to heal and empower, right? And and um, and it um, it grow, it's grown in complexity with the complexity of society, so that so that you know, it, it stays open like that, which is great. And so, what it does is addresses the, the basic premise or approach is that we have four layers to our being, you know, to, to everything. And we're very familiar in the West with the physical and the mental, right? The mind and the physical world, the experiential world, you know, the theater, as we call it, where you're having experiences through your health, your relationships, your work, you know, and your resources. And then the mind, which is the psycho-spiritual, everything we do at the frontal lobe, like the positive thinking, prayer, meditation, visualization, you know, talk therapy, coaching, mental toughness, you know. And then what shamanism recognizes is that there's these other two layers of our being that also have a tremendous influence on what we're experiencing in the world, what we're manifesting. So the third layer is the mythic. And these are kind of like unconscious stories, archetypal stories that are, are, are what we call extra psychic. They're not just in your mind. They're mm-hmm. sort of a more of a field of, of consciousness and things, stories that are like from religion, culture, family, society, things like no pain, no gain, or life is a struggle, or life is a school, or, or, or life is a battle, you know, these worldviews. And those have a very powerful influence on us without us even knowing it usually so they can sort of contradict all the stuff we've done in terms of our our you know mind work mindfulness work mm-hmm. and so shamans want to make sure those are aligned with so you know if you're t- if you're trying to change the belief that you know i'm i'm always uh, have in battle of some kind whether it's at work or your health or whatever you know we want to change that myth that i'm only valuable when i'm in battle to you know i'm, I'm I'm, I'm valuable when I'm playing, I'm valuable, you know, I'm just, mm-hmm. you know, life is, life is a, is a theater. Um, and so we have process, we have ways of accessing that. And that's the mythic. I mean, that's the, I'm sorry, the ritual, the ceremony, the images, the symbols, the art, the music, the poetry, the, the totem poles and the animal totems and the, and the, the, the vision boards and destiny altars and ancestor altars. Like that's, that's how we access the mythic. It's like modern sales and marketing does the same thing. They don't, they don't just say, buy our shoes. They make you run the fastest. Here's the data. They have a Puma, right? And everybody goes out and buys the Pumas, right? Because they, <laughs> so, yeah. so, you know, in religions, use that as well, that layer. So it's a very powerful point to address issues and, and very important layer to address. 
And then the deeper, the sort of furthest upstream, the sort of reason we might have been born into the myths we were born into for like the 10th time is the soul. It's the, it's the luminous energy field. It's the aura and chakras in Sanskrit. It's Animan Italian. It's Laalm in French. Everybody's got a name for it in every language. It's your essential self. It's the you that is you after your physical body's gone and can't wait to come back and play in the theater especially when it's right side up and it's more pleasure than pain and it's more comedy than tragedy, um, kind of back in the garden, so to speak. But that is the part that shamans like in the way I've been trained, like to address first, because it's like the blueprint. You know, if you, if you build a building and it's faulty, right, the elevators don't work or something like that, you could, you could keep trying to adjust them and, jerry-rig them and do all kinds of stuff to try and like work around and try to get it to work or you can go back to the blueprint and you can fix the blueprint and then the building sort of fixes itself or you know it's easier to fix correctly you know and Mm -hmm. and more efficiently so that's the process we address the sort of the, the the um the luminous body the soul first with these processes and then we ha- I have my clients do the mythic layer essentially um, as homework, which is very simple. And then all the other work that's done, you know, the psycho-spiritual work is much more easy and more, more, more effective, kind of easier to, uh, to get results from more efficiently. Mm-hmm. So that's in, I don't know if you wanted me to talk about the four sort of so five steps. In the sure. Year. You know, I'd, I'd love for you to share that with our listeners because when you were going through those steps during our time together when I had an appointment with you, mm-hmm. I, I, it was really interesting how you went through each one and it resonated with me. I can say, okay, that makes sense. And the things that you were bringing up, it was easy for me to go, gosh, you know, I, I totally get what you're doing. And I'd love for our listeners to get a sense of that as well. Sure. Yeah. So, um, so when it when it comes to this this uh, healing process, which you know is the title of the show, mastering your path, right? To become a a master of your of your theater, of your life experience, of of of, of your you know of your life and your path and your work. Um, this is you know the more sort of free from influences and the more empowered you are, I think, you know, the easier it is to do that. And these influences come, uh, like I said, on the, the level of the, the, deep, the deepest level, the level of the energy body. Okay. They come from patterns, energetic patterns or imprints or sort of threads or influences or connections. I'll talk about more detail. But these patterns and imprints are there because when, you know, normal life happens, which is both pleasure and pain, mostly pleasure, hopefully, and occasional Mm -hmm. contrast, um, the way that we process and release those painful moments is we cry, we scream, we yell, we process it at a gut level until we can't anymore. And then the heavy energy we can't process goes out the base of our body, the first chakra, into the earth, you know, basically at the perineum, into the earth and gets mulched and turned into new new energy, just like our food. You know, we don't rationalize, talk about, analyze our food. We put it in our gut. We burn it with acid. The ash we can't process goes out the base of our body into the earth and gets mulched and turned into new food, right, which is, which mm-hmm. is great. It's an ideal. Um, <clears throat> but for, like, you know, several thousand years now since the feminine has been suppressed, we've been told don't cry, don't get angry, you know, be rational, right? Be stoic, be, be masculine. Be, think about it. Don't be feminine. Don't be hysterical, right? Mm-hmm. You know, everything from the neck down became, you know, lesser than or evil, right? And so as a result, we've been blocking, you know, the release of a lot of heavy energies. And, the, <clears throat> and then they've created imprints. And the, I guess the good news in a way is that there's only six of those painful human experiences. There's infinite ways the story can play out. How, who does what to whom and how the mechanisms, but the core experiences are loss, abuse, betrayal, abandonment, neglect, and engulfment, bondage. So, you know, you could lose a car, lose a friend, lose your house, lose a job. It's just loss. 
So to shamans, it's kind of incidental, the details of how it happened, but the core experience that keeps playing out and repeating is what we want to remove, the inf- you know, the influence. So the first step in that is a process where we simply, it's called nikwi in Quechua, my, my Karo teacher's language, which is like combustion or digestion. And that's the one I call the energetic enema. So it's <laughs> like we put a, st- <laughs> we use my, uh, my Healy we'll stone. The- <laughs> yeah. Sorry. No, we'll use your language on that one. <laughs> yeah, I'm, yeah. That's the, <laughs> I use very practical <laughs> language when it comes <laughs> to this stuff. It's not, not very flowery, but basically, you know, um, these stones that, that, that go through my healing journey, my, my, my uh, shamanic initiations and, you know, process, uh, training process, mm-hmm. they do the work of this miqui. So they will combust or digest those heavy energies and remove them from your energy field and return them to the earth where they should have gone in the first place. And that's why it's like an energetic enema, basically. But it, it goes all the way back to the, to the first version. And you might be on version 30 you know, of that, of that kind of experience, you know? So though that's the first step, it just, it removes it and it's all non-local. So it's outside of ordinary space and time, linear space and time. That's only convenient in the theater. So when I, it takes me longer to talk about it than the, than the actual process. <laughs> so the, the, the energy, um, and we, I could do it over the phone and Skype, you know, the other side of the planet, um, sometimes even retroactively or, you know, outside of linear time. So we clear those processes, we clear those um, old wounds. That's mm-hmm. the first step from your past, your past lives, etc. The second step is to make sure that you're not living out your ancestors' loss, abuse, betrayal, abandonment, neglect, or engulfment. So I thought that was a huge thing. That was such a big yeah. deal because most people don't even think about that. Right. That, that's true. I get a lot of people who've done a tremendous amount of healing, you know, in a lot of different ways. And, and more often than not, that's, that piece is missing. You know, they're, they're still struggling with something in their life, and it's because there's, you know, still an ancestral influence going on. Okay? Mm-hmm. So um, and the reason is that there are, there's a process, there's a mythic ritual that we used to do. Uh, when we became adults, you know, post-puberty or whatever, they would bring you and your parents out to the village square or whatever, and they would tie you to the vine, and they'd cut the vine, and they'd split a tree and pass you through a tree or a hole in the ground and say, okay, your true mother's the earth, your true father's the sun. Go grow your own food, raise your own family. Mm -hmm. Your biological parents or whoever raised you is, is done. Their job is done. They're not responsible for you. You're not responsible for them. Go. And if you like them, you can still have tea. If you don't, you never have to see them again, right? Because they weren't always nice people. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You know, but basically what it did is it cut the energetic thread that otherwise kept you connected through the generations. And it was a kind of signal informing your energy field, again, of that story or that experience that would then find its way to you <laughs> and play out. So it's an important, it's a huge part, right? So we, we do that clearing. Um, <clears throat> and the mythic homework for that is the, the ancestor altar, right? Make sure they stay on the altar and they don't follow you around. You know, we feed them, we give them food and drink. So it's like, look, I love you. I appreciate you. No hard feelings. Everything's cool. The way you did it was fine. I forgive you for any way you you know, fell short with me, but that's it. I'm not yours anymore. I'm a free agent, you know? Yeah. So we could leapfrog. We could do better. You know, if, you're, if your children aren't sort of better, faster, stronger, smarter than you, then we end up in caves with clubs after a few generations, right? <laughs> we sort of should do better <laughs> than our parents, right, in a way? Yeah, like for sure. Student, right. Yeah, and not forward. carry their baggage, you know? Oh, Completely right, right. So we have an opportunity to, to to be more masterful, right, than they were. Yeah. And and it's also true in shamanism in terms of the student teacher relationship. That the teacher 
right? It, it's like the antithesis to sort of these guru and these hierarchical traditions, right? The teacher recognizes the student is, is far better, right? We'll leapfrog them. <laughs> we give them in the initiation rites, we give them everything we have learned and our, our teachers before us have learned and accumulated so that they could go further, you know? And um, we encourage that. So anyway, so we clear the ancestral threads. In that process, too, um, there's an opportunity to clear any entities, you know, like uh, Uncle So-and-so who died when you were four and took up connect attached to you because mm-hmm. they were drunk or something and they they felt at home, you know, and then they but they're influencing you to go out drinking all the time. Like this is an actual case, you know, where this young woman was an alcoholic, but it really wasn't her. And all the, all the, the psychotherapy work and all the other work wasn't quite getting it done. And so when I did the work on her, it was extracting and sending to the light, you know, more healed this uncle. And so she was no longer had the impulse to drink because she didn't have his influence. So the more, you know, people hear about these things, like exorcism would be the, the more extreme case, right? Mm-hmm. With the particularly nasty, malicious, or wounded, you know, entity or being of sorts. And it runs the spectrum. So, you know, it's kind of rare, but we definitely clear anything out there. And then, um, and there's also kind of like, interestingly enough, these sort of crystallized energies, like, uh, an old bullet wound or a, or an old injury from the past that could still energetically be in the field and people have that sore shoulder they've always had a bad shoulder and then we pull out the sphere from 3 lifetimes ago and their shoulder's better so that's an interesting it's amazing part of it. how that all you know is in interconnected and how that all works and a lot of times people just don't think about the energies of the people that they've grown up and how that affects them and how that shapes their life and then having an appointment like an appointment with you really helps people to shed those things yeah that's the beauty of it ultimately the the point of shamanism it's this practical pragmatic approach of how do we just make your life better it's not about talking about and philosophizing about all this stuff, that's mm-hmm. fine. Or having a spiritual experience, that's fine. But my teachers would say, that's great, but how do you grow corn with it? How does it, how's your health, your relationships, you know? Mm-hmm. So it always comes back to just, is it working? Can we get it to work, you know, and, and have your quality of life improve? So, and your power and your mastery. So <clears throat> the, um, so the third step, essentially, is the soul retrieval. Step, which I think a lot of people have heard of and and um, it, it, you know it's related to post-traumatic stress disorder trauma disempowerment losing you know victim perpetrator rep, uh, uh, rescuer trap right mm-hmm. and and anytime we have a painful experience or a traumatic experience where we perceive it right because all of our reality and our perception is i mean you know our experience is based on our perception right so if we perceive it as victim or perpetrator or rescuer then a part of our the quantum of energy of our soul literally stays in that moment and we carry on but we're dis, we have dissociation or post traumatic stress disorder because we're missing the passion and the gifts that part held and we've made some funny contracts that tend to continue to play out like life is not safe or love equals abuse, you know, for a young person who's abused by their father, let's say, you know, or mm-hmm. mother. And and so when we do that process, we literally go back in time to the moment of that trauma. We change the perception from victim to not. Yes, that hurt. It was extremely painful, but I'll be fine. You know, <laughs> like yeah. it's all, you know, we're all going to be okay. And And then we bring that part of them back with the passion and the gifts it held so they're whole again. And we change the contract to love is warm, nurturing, kind, and supportive, let's say. And then that becomes their new, you know, new life experience um, going forward. So that's a really a powerful um, process. And then um, and essentially the, the fourth process that I do in the session is what we call destiny retrieval. Mm-hmm. And that's like 
you can tell me your goals, right? Mentally, for, you know, funnel lobe to funnel lobe, as I say, right? We could talk about it, like coaching and therapy. You know, what do you really want? You know, what's your ideal experiences around your health, your relationships, your work, your resources? Um, or you can make a picture of it, a vision board, a destiny altar, right? Some art, music, poetry that, that anchors it, that holds it at that level. That's even better, right? And then um, I can also through this process called left eye tracking and also through a journey, I can go forward in time or have you go forward in time and find the energetic patterns of that ideal future and bring those in. So that organizes your luminous architecture with those patterns and that's what's influencing you. So you're being influenced by your ideal rather than the past wounds and stories. And what a big difference that that makes, you know, to be able to start walking your path without all this influence that you don't even know, most people don't even know that they're, that's affecting their lives. Yeah, it's really the difference of swimming upstream or downstream, right? (laughs) That's a good analogy. Right? You can do all the wonderful work out there for years about, you know, Mm -hmm. getting that dialed in, right? Um, but if you're swimming against all these energetic and mythic patterns, right, that are trying to manifest something else, it's just, oh, it's work. But if you do this first, then you go do all that other, right, work. Then it's like it's so much more efficient to me and quick, you know, yeah. um, and graceful. It's really a matter of accepting the grace of the ability to access these levels and do that. You know, it's, it's, it's sort of this wonderful gift. It's very unconditional, really. Um, these non-physical teams that we, that we work on, pray, pray to, you know, whether it's your own religion or, or a shamanic lineage or, or a spiritual lineage, you know, when we ask for help from them, they're not, they're not saying, well, maybe tomorrow I've got, you know, something to do or you weren't very good yesterday, so I'm not going to help you today, <laughs> right? They just help. <laughs> yeah. They show up. And, and they help you. And that's grace, right? It's, it's, it's unconditional. And, and I approach the work that way myself as much as I can. You know, physically, I'm obviously limited by space and time, so I can't always show up. But I, you know, I try to, I try to be as unconditional as I can. I don't, I don't judge. You know, we're taught not to judge. We're taught we can't be offended. And, and, and even in terms of payment, it's completely flexible. So I don't want anything to get in the way of, of the ability to show up for the work as best that I can. Obviously, I'm, I'm still obviously limited. But that's the, to me, that's real shamanism. You know, it's this, it's this really unconditional approach to helping. And, and we know that works in terms of the non-physical teams that we, that we work with and call on and the power animals and the, all other aspects of nature, the stone people, the plant people, and so on, and the animals. Yeah, you it, see it nature is conspiring. Well, and Dino, you know, and to kind of go back a, a little bit, you know, you had talked about doing a soul retrieval, and I had never had that done. And it was interesting just to see how that process worked and how I felt afterwards. I mean, it was it was pretty dramatic. Yeah, it, it is. And, and the beautiful thing of the soul retrieval and the destiny retrieval is you can actually – you know, most of these things require a shaman, right, to work with you because there's certain parts of ourselves we can't get to. Like I use the analogy of a, a neurosurgeon. They could do surgery on their own leg, but not their motor cortex because their hands mm-hmm. will freeze, right? So there's times when we need to have somebody, you know, work with us off, most often, right? <laughs> um, and and yet there's a couple of these things like the soul retrieval journey that you can you can do on your own. Like you can you can listen to a a recording or something and do this journey and really have that experience that you had of of when I did it for you, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, the destiny retrieval journey. I actually have that on one of my, my CDs that someone can do to, to help go into the, you know, go up energy, you know, through this mythic ritual to go get the energy patterns of their future and bring them in. So that's the the beauty of it. Mm -hmm. There's, um, there's a lot of ways to do it. And, uh, yeah, 
It's, it's really powerful. You know, in the fifth step, I didn't talk about it yet, but it's the shadow work, right, which you're familiar with. You know, after <laughs> yeah. we peeled the big wounds, right, mm-hmm. Byron Katie's work and Debbie, uh, Debbie Ford, Dark Side of the Light Chaser, you know, we heal the big wounds. We, we heal the ancestral stuff. We, we do the soul retrieval, the extractions, the destiny retrieval. At that point, right, the only thing that continues to sort of bring us difficult experiences, right, whether it's, you know, people we run into and their behaviors and stuff that we can't stand, it's the shadow work, right? So at that <laughs> point, it's good to embrace that part of you, right, and love it completely mm-hmm. and improve your quality of life that way. But <clears throat> it's nice to do these other steps first because it makes it easier. It's hard to embrace the violence in you when you're still carrying the wound of being violated, right, or being the yeah. violators from you know, for example, or the ancestral peace and what have you, or the soul loss. So, yeah. Well, but that's, there are a that, lot of people with that, too, you know, that, oh. that they have that going on where there's been some tragedy that's happened in their life, whether, you know, it's a violation of some sort or loss or, you know, lack of trust, something, something's happened. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it, unfortunately, right, it's, it's, mm-hmm. it's, ubiquitous, right? I mean, it's been, again, thousands of years since we've not properly processed those wounds, you know, when ever since, again, the feminine was suppressed. And um, so, yeah, most people have something, you know, that has, uh, that that can be, that can be worked on um, this way and, and help improve, you know, again, their freedom, their power, their mastery, just to, you know, and it doesn't mean things don't happen anymore, right? Yeah. Stuff still happens, painful stuff, but it's 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 how long we hold on to it, right? It's it's how much it still influences us. Can we cry and scream and yell in the moment, release it, or, or are we still thinking about it a month later and it's still affecting our life, you know? So it's, it's you know, I don't want people to think that this is about sort of creating a life of just all hot fudge Sundays and no... You know, bitter food. <laughs> um, it, <laughs> That'd be an interesting but, journey if that happened. <laughs> yeah, or or controlling other people's act. You know, if I do this, maybe I'll never run into you know this kind of person again. No, it's a theater. You're still gonna. It's still happening, and 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 we wouldn't have it any other way. But it's just it's the mastery, right? It's 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 how long can you you know you know. You know, do you not hold on to it? Can you process it, release it, and just move on? Like, it's all that stuff, right? It's really being able to, no matter, because five people can witness the same experience and have five completely different experiences of it, right? Mm-hmm. From horror oh, yeah. to bliss, whether it's a volcano erupting or a tsunami or an earthquake, doesn't matter. It's your experience, right? It's Viktor Frankl stuff, right? It's how do you how do you master your experience regardless of what anyone else does or doesn't do? That's the key. That is the key. That's what it's all about because it's, it's, you know, not mastering anything else around you, just your own personal journey, that inner journey. Yeah. Your, your experiences. Exactly. Well, and what's, what's cool is like when we did our session together, it was my session. (laughs) You didn't have a session. (laughs) Anyway, we did the session. I mean, it was very interesting because, you know, you also have a spirit animal that comes in and you get a few messages. So it, it's very interactive and, you know, and some people get a spirit animal. Maybe it's not one that they would like, let's, you know, and it, it's just something that you have to read on and see what the, the totem for that animal is. And a lot of times you're amazed what you get. Yeah, exactly. You know, these are things that would have been taught to us in grade school, right, if we hadn't been cast out of the garden, so to speak, right? We <laughs> have this knowledge of the animals in nature mm-hmm. and how they, how they work for us, why, when they show up and how they show up. I mean, that's, you know, these are all parts of, Again, shamanism that are kind of not understood. We're not worshiping animals. We're just using their characteristic and instinct when we need it. You know, like the decisiveness of the cat or the boundaries yeah. of the skunk or what have you. Um, it's just practical. It's like tools. It's mechanical. It's like technician tools. Um, you know, and the other, the other thing that people, I think, get a little misunderstood about with shamanism is confusing it with sorcery, 
right, which mm. can use a lot of the same tools and techniques, but, but the sorcerer uses it to disempower people, to take something from them and keep it for themselves or to, you know, get a lot of money from somebody to, to do a curse on, you know, their enemy or whatever, and then keep in that relationship of you need me to do that and protect you, you know, what have you, right? And the shaman's like, no, 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 we, we don't want to engage that way. It's sort of, it's not efficient. It's a waste of energy. And it's, it's ultimately not really ethical nor of service. We want to empower the person not to have enemies in the first place, right? Or not to, do you know what I mean? So oh, it's, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's all about empowerment. Mm-hmm. It's all about empowerment. Um, exactly. And so therefore we, again, we don't, guru for somebody we we we're just their mechanic right? like with their auto mechanic we don't tell them how to how and when to drive their car right mm-hmm. so yeah. we, we just clear the way for them to do anything they want in life but you know to be the, their own guide right to follow their own guidance to be the masters of their own do you know what i mean and then to be able to call on guides in quotes or, or teams to help them accomplish what they want to accomplish, but nobody to tell them what to do or what they should want, right? So that's a, that's an interesting, you know, that gets confusing, at, you know, for people, that part, right? There's little nuances, you know, like karma, for example, the way I learned it, you know, in the Hindu traditions and so on, right, was if you do something hurtful, cause pain, then it, that pain will be caused to you at some point, right? And it's like, yeah, not really, right? Because the experience of pain, whether you're the victim, the perpetrator, or the rescuer is the same. So if you're still holding the pattern of that pain in you, right, that didn't get processed and released, then regardless of whether you were the quote-unquote victim, perpetrator, or rescuer, it can show up in your experience in any of those ways again. Yeah. So you'll see that pattern it, repeat. There's it, exactly. So it's not like there's a judge or a scorekeeper kind of doling out justice, right? It, <laughs> it's more energetic yeah. patterns that are creating experiences, and and it's sort of the it's the same amount of pain in, whether you're one of those three. You know what I mean? Whether you're on the receiving end or the giving end, essentially. So that's different, right? That shamanic approach to that is just a little bit. Um, nuanced right because one disempowers and one empowers right it's freedom it 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 is it i found it to be all about freedom because a lot of times you know it's not about you know um and we kind of talked about this um actually before you and i had my appointment it's not about seeing people time and time and time and time again i mean sometimes people need that but you work a lot with people where you only get to see them that one time and then they're off and, and doing their thing. Yeah, I, that's kind of the the approach that I've, I've taken. Like I said, it's really bad business practice, but I've never been a business <laughs> person. So I don't care. But, you know, but it's like I could spread it out to multiple sessions, right? We joked about that. But, yeah, but yeah I, I, I think once we get to the core and we do this really powerful work at that core level, right, change the blueprint, right, get it mm-hmm. dialed into what you really, what's going to support your, your journey, right, in your, in your own theater, your own, you know, writing your own script, and then you do the mythic homework, you know, at that point, right, the rest is, is the psycho-spiritual work, you know, which is, which yeah. is the, the coaching and the, and the daily mindfulness practices and spiritual practices. That's all good and hugely important stuff to do to support the ultimate, you know, manifestation of, of, your, of your ideal life, right? Um, but that part you don't need me for, you know what I mean? Like I, mm-hmm. I've done my, my bit. Um, now, well, and I can see where people would come to you, though, time, you know, if, if they're seeing another pattern come up or something else that they're having a tough mm-hmm. time with so that they can yeah. work through that. Yes. Life is, again, it's still kind of upside down out there, right? We don't get to cry and scream and yell every time we, we experience pain. So people mm-hmm. can get kind of mucked up again, right? So I do see people sometimes for just the, you know, the, the maintenance, you know, of the, mm-hmm. of the energy body in that regard. Or, 
Yeah, like the tracking part, which is more the coaching and the psycho-spiritual work. Like, you know, what is it that you're really, you know, what's really going on here? What do you really want, you know, experientially versus what you think you want? Like, I do work with people still a little at that level, um, mm-hmm. you know, uh, multiple times or what have you. But, um, but yeah, it's um, it, it's it probably just to, depends on the person, you know. It depends a lot on the person. And, and ultimately, though, if you think about it, right, if we're successful being driven by this vision, in my particular vision of this world of, you know, children playing in the theater together, right, just just empowered, free beings, you know, playfully creating, you know, more complex and interesting scripts, you know, the sort of mm-hmm. shaman's view of the world, of nature, you know, seeking greater complexity and so on, then I'm kind of kind of putting myself out of business right in in that regard like in other words it would be nice if we just if we just process things naturally and cried and screamed and yelled when things were you know kept our power and then i wouldn't have anything to do on that level yeah so so that is my you know the reason i get up every day is because eventually i'd love to be living in that world you know, I don't know how long it's going to take. I wish it was 50 years ago, right, when I was four. Um, <laughs> and, I, and I wish it would be tomorrow. But I'm mm-hmm. getting old enough to realize it might be a couple hundred more years in reality. I don't know. Unless there's a miracle, right, which, is, which would be great. But it's like, you know, just like now we're seeing the return of the family. Like, the, you know, like I've talked about it for 20 years now, the whole, the whole sort of solution to every problem on the planet is women being in charge, you know, is the 80-20 thing being flipped, right? Where women are running 80% of everything. And, you know, the masculine is courageous enough to support that without suppressing it out of fear, you know, like that's my core. That's what I think is going to be the real, you know, sort of ideal world. It's the matriarchal, you know, it's, it's sort of how these indigenous primal cultures did live healthy, peaceful, sustainable lives, you know, till it yeah. got flipped around. So, I, that's like, I'd love to see that and, and um, be in that world, you know? Um, Well, and it feels like it's emerging with all the changes that are coming to fruition at this point. And, you know, from, from many of it's been from kind of a catalyst from the me too, the me too movement, you know, that women are, you know, being heard and they've been speaking out, you know, you hear a lot of these women that are speaking out year after year and they're finally being heard and coming together to say, we need new standards when it comes to this kind of thing. Yeah. I think it's a huge part of it. Um, Just like, that's the awareness part, right? A lot of us were aware this has been happening. Like I said, like my, my whole life, right. It's been obvious Mm -hmm. that, like me too is every every woman i don't see any woman who hasn't been you know subject to this right and and now and so now yes it's finally like yeah let's i think i've seen that as the vision of women really sticking together because the physical overpowering that a man might have is means nothing when there's 10 women going hey (laughs) stop (laughs) right and settle down and you know get in line and you know um, and so, yeah, it's, I think that's a part of it. And, um, you know, I think I've talked about this, I wrote about it in my book and I've talked about it for decades now. It seems that mm-hmm. this, this fear driven masculine, the wounded masculine, as people say, right. Um, and, and sort of fear driven, that was the cause of all this flipping over in the first place, you know, it takes courage to face, you know, a volcano, a jungle, a jaguar, a, a powerful woman, right? These are, these are, this, we call it the wild, untamable feminine. It's beautiful, amazing. It's wonderful. It's the whole purpose for being on this planet. This amazing, rich, mm-hmm. diverse theater, messy, you know, wonderful. And it takes courage to be able to stand in it and serve it even, even when it's frightening, right? Even when it can kill you or it can hurt you, you know, but that's the whole point is, to be to have the courage the masculine in all of us women and men right need the courage yeah. to support and serve and allow the feminine to be at its full wild and tangible nature you might say and and power and um so i i know that or i suspected that the masculine would kick and scream it's 
way out of this. It would right, sort of, I'd rather blow up the field than lose the game kind of thing, right? Yeah. So I think, I think that's what a lot of people are seeing. And it, you know, it, again, it's messy and, 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 uh, and, and, and maybe not the most graceful way to do it, but there's, who cares? As long as it, we get there, we got to get it done. You know, my teachers would say it's the hard way or the easy way, right? We blow it all up and then realize it's not working and do it right. Or we try to heal all those wounds, right? Which is what I'm mm-hmm. doing every day. And all my colleagues, 80% of whom are women, this is not shamans are mostly women, not men. That's another of the fallacy, but you know, or gay men, you know, that kind of thing. It's, but it's, um, yeah, it, it's, it's healing the wounds so we could be courageous and in our power and not victims and perpetrators and rescue, you know, and then have, yes, the feminine be in charge and stick together and unite as is natural. And, yeah. Um, the masculine to serve. Yeah. It, it, it were just such a great, in a great time in history. So it, it just is, you know, nice to be able to have people like you as a resource to help us make these changes that we're looking to make, you know, either personally or, you know, in some part of our life when we're having some kind of discourse. And even you even find things that are hidden, which I had lots of fun with that one. <laughs> well, yeah, so. the hidden stuff, right? That's it. Hidden, and, and it's, mm-hmm. yeah. And it's exciting. I'm excited because I, I see so many people, students that are, that are just incredibly powerful and gifted and taking it well beyond I ever have. And, and um, so it's, yeah, it's exciting because it's happening. It's working. And um, we, it is. It's a great time to be a part of it, part of the solution. Mm-hmm. So best um, we can. Um, doing the best we can, obviously. Doing, yeah, all of us doing the best we can, <laughs> no, for not sure. Not perfect, that's for sure, but I'm trying really hard. I'm doing <laughs> the best I can, and I really Aww. Yeah. Well, do you know, and so I wanted to see where our listeners can connect with you and be part of your community. Well, let's see. I have a a website that a really nice friend of mine put together, Mm -hmm. shamanjohn.com. I'm on Facebook. I've kind of tried my best to get with all those programs, right? So (laughs) I think I'm Shaman John is my page, or Shaman John Rasmussen is my, uh, you know, public page or what have you. Um, yeah. I think I'm on Instagram as Sean and John and all that. Um, so that's always to, uh, to sort of um, keep track and um, email me anytime, of course, John at Sean and John, which without the H, John, J-O-N at Sean and John.com. And I just love doing my work and I love um, answering questions and trying to, you know, like I said, do the best I can to bring bring some clarity and, and all to the situation. So, Yeah. I mean, there's so many wonderful ways that we can improve ourselves, and it's just a, it's a, a fun and an exciting journey. And, and really, you know, I think once people dive into it and start unraveling parts of their life that don't serve them anymore with, you know, someone such as yourself, it really helps us to see, you know, the world and, you know, possibilities in a whole new way. Yeah, it's a nice compliment to every everything else out there. The way I look at it, it, it it's like an important thing to to address those those two layers in addition to everything else. So I, yeah, I think it's great. Oh. Well, Shaman John, thank you so much for taking the time to be on the show with us here today. Thank you, Marianne. I'm really honored and 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 uh, grateful for this opportunity. Oh. Well, it's been such an honor and pleasure to have you here, Shaman John. I mean, my appointment with you was so profound. And again, could not wait to share you with everyone else as well. Even though you're Shaman to the stars, you you see everyone, not just celebrities. So it's nice to have somebody like you that people can go to. Again, if you'd like to learn more about Shaman John, you can visit his website at shamanjohn, that's J-O-N.com. We're at the end of our time today. I would like to thank everyone for tuning in. You've been listening to Moments with Marianne. And remember, make every moment count.
In a single moment, your life can change. Moments with Marianne is a transformative hour that covers an endless array of topics with the best of the best. Her guests are leaders in their fields, ranging from inspirational authors, top industry leaders, and business and spiritual entrepreneurs. Each guest is gifted and a true visionary, a recognized leader in her own work. And while teaching others to develop, refocus, and grow, Marianne will bring the best guest and sometimes a special surprise. Don't miss this. You never know just which moment will change your life forever. Moments with Mary Ann airs every Thursday, Friday, and Sunday at 8 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Mountain Time. Make sure to tune in and visit momentswithmaryann.com for more information.